Hi friends, hope you got a good, good, good insight about how do you handle your leads and your queries properly to exude professionalism and build trust from the very first uh, impression for your clients and prospects. But like I mentioned in the in the previous session, now is when I'd be focusing on how do you actually build formal scope sheets. You know what I was recommending earlier that whenever you meet a client, it is imperative for you to go along with a scope sheet. Now a scope sheet is a pseudo agreement, uh, you know, which ideally, like I said, agreement is not a good term to be used typically, you know, when, when pitching to a client because that's not the standard norm in the market per se. But if you use terms like scope sheets, which are like I said, a pseudo agreement, you know that you've covered every part of the catering, uh, catering assignment and at the same time, everything you know, which the client has briefed you is in black and white. So, you know, it makes things very simple and easy for you to execute typically. So first, however, I would want to start just by telling you about whenever a client asks you about a quotation, try not to quote on the phone at random. You should meet with a prospective client and understand what exactly they want. Because a lot of customers have that, have that habit of doing window shopping and you know, if people are doing window shopping, then you don't know where, where they actually land up and you're not building a USP in front of the client, which in itself is a massive, I would say blow to your brand. And that's why I always recommend that if someone is calling you at random and calling 20 other caterers in the market and asking you for rates for a, for a particular menu, try not sharing it over the menu and try and recommend to insist on a meeting because once you insist on a meeting, you can probably show him much more than what quotes can't show because a number is much different than the experience you would you would offer to him via the scope sheets the way you handle them all the aspects you know which we shared with you earlier so please do do keep this in mind that never to quote over the phone and before offering a quote you may significantly significantly do a lot of research on the mandate so that you have absolute clarity so that's why i mentioned about scope sheet because when you are actually mentioning all the details of a particular event you will know that you can come up with a good enough quote so let's start off with the first part of how you should be actually delving into a scope sheet so the first one is define the key deliverables you must write down the minutest detail of what the client wants what his food selections are the number of people they you know they're looking at catering for the duration of the event the number of uh, guests overall they're expecting in terms of the driver food also uh, you know hypothetically if that's there for any any other support staff you know which is there typically at the at the venue what are the linens desired the extra services what is what is it that they need in the bar everything should be documented on a, on a piece of paper then start analyzing every minute detail of the commercial viability once you leave the meeting analyze the information and crunch the numbers before calling back with a quote now like i said everything depends on what's the occasion like do you need additional cooking or cold storage equipment at the at the venue will you be cooking on site or not if the event is within the city or it's outside what's the provision of lodging so all these things become a really important part of your scope sheet so like i said the first is to mention and and define the key deliverables like when i say writing the scope sheet 
First would be details of the client, what I've mentioned with you. Second, the details of the event. What is the event like? What is the type of the event? It's a wedding, it's a corporate event, it's a conference and so on and so forth. What are the deliverables set with the client? Like in terms of the menu composition. Now, what is menu composition? It's basically, uh, you know, are they looking at starters, uh, main course and a dessert? Or they are looking at uh, just a basic executive lunch, you know, which just has main course, salads and a dessert uh, with tea and coffee kind of a setup. So all these menu compositions have to be set with him. The timing is what you're looking for. Because like I always believe that catering is a business of being absolutely time bound because you know you can't mess up with a person's event if he's scheduled to start his lunch at 1 1 o'clock you can't ask him to wait till 2 30 because the kitchen is not ready so please mention this well in advance then comes the most important aspect called the logistical requirement now as a caterer sometimes you know the client is very specific about what he or she wants and there's a set budget you know they're working on but for you it's absolutely important to make it explicitly clear what is it that you can do and what is it that you cannot do for example if you need tables from the client if you need to partner up with the decorator uh, you know who's there at the venue or the production person at the venue to provide you with any sort of support support services in terms of plug points in terms of water access in terms of electricity access the you know the power points at, at, the, at the right locations for live stations and so on and so forth all these logistical requirements have to be set as part of the scope sheet what you write then a prerequisite as part of any scope sheet is just mention as a disclaimer come what may that should be printed in your sheet which mentions uh, that you will prepare 10 to 15 percent buffer over and above the minimum guarantee so in the details of the event you're supposed to write the minimum guarantee what the client is offering however it should not be that if they if they're ordering for 200 packs and at the event 500 packs end up coming you are not liable to actually cater for that you are supposed to prepare only 10 to 15 percent over and above the minimum guarantee given and minimum guarantee is a very important concept i believe everyone who's even remotely in the catering business understands that concept if you need any clarities on that a specific episode on that let me know i'm more than happy to share more on that then comes in is the payment terms what are the payment terms you want to set with the client because like i said no matter what you do your payment terms really define how your catering should be done well remember remember the module i had shared with you with respect to uh, how to manage your working capital better the first aspect is how you set your payment terms if it's a corporate mandate try and ask for as much advance which covers for your fixed costs come what may if you're not doing that you're doing a massive disservice to you so please make sure that you're doing that if it's a wedding which is booked like six months, seven months in advance. Typically how it works is that you book 25% as booking advance, which I'll come to in the token advance part. Uh, then 25% after, after three months, 25 minutes, one month before the event. And then the final is paid on the date of the event before the buffet opens up. So once you mention your payment terms explicitly, it, it really works out well. One advisory here is that if your mandate is above, above either five lakh rupees, come what may try to get into a service level agreement you know it a lot of times your wedding clients take it as an offense but try mentioning mentioning it as a, as a scope sheet because it really comes in handy then comes in the element of token advance so while you mention your payment terms 
sure to mention about your token advance what is the token amount uh, advance you need now I'll, before I get into token advance I also want to tell you why I recommend on a token advance no matter what agreement you sign you can sign you can make your uh, your client sign on any blank piece of paper however if it is if, if, if there is no uh, token advance given then the document what you've signed is not binding as per law any agreement has to be met with a consideration amount which is a cash amount cash or a check amount which ideally makes the contract binding that if you've com com committed for committed to something you've already paid an advance against that so remember that these are the tools which make your agreement foolproof and the client can't go back onto his words so try to mention your token advance there and try to take it at the site the moment you're closing this if the client has comfort with respect to your scope of services if he is not sure about it you can always give him time but whenever you close and do a final sign on the dotted line with your client on the scope sheet like i said try to take a try to take a, a token advance because it really makes your agreement foolproof now comes the hard part the hard part why I say that is because while you have planned the event from the best of your interest you have a lot of things which are already planned for the event you have to issue say advances to your vendors to your service boys to uh, your uh, all the ancillary vendors you know who are part of the event but what do you do in a pandemic what do you do in case there's a cancellation policy you know there's a cancellation at the event you know there's a there's some sort of a change you know on the client side what is it that you do at that particular point in time like i said in this point i would just mention about how the cancellation and refund policy works and again i should be doing a specific session on this but i believe that it's very important for you to include this as part of your scope sheet because it's clear to the client there are no clear-cut answers to this but like i said the moment you mention your minimum guarantee in a printed form, you know, it's a given, it's a standard. Now you yourself can prepare 30%, 40% extra also because that's an upside for you because extra plates are consumed as additional revenue. But tomorrow you can't be held responsible for people above the 15%, you know, if they're consumed, uh, if the food is consumed more than that. Likewise, in the case of cancellation, just make sure that in your cancellation sheet, you mention that like I told you, if it's a wedding, it's if it's a wedding assignment, mention that your advance. So if they pay you 25, 25, 25, and the last one 25 at the, at the day of the event. So if they if they cancel within three months of the event, you return back, keeping 10% with you as the administrative fee and return back the rest of the money. If they if they cancel in three months, probably you know if you've got 50%, you you return back 35% out of that, and 15% you keep as administrative fee. If they cancel one month before the event, you don't refund them anything because like any good caterer, you know, who's working in a season, he's already paid his advances to all his vendors. Now, saying that, I also leave it upon you as to how your relationship is with your clients. I always believe that if there's a chance of giving an upside to the customer, you should always try and give it. But there are times when, you know, it's beyond your control and it's not a prudent decision to take the entire hit on themselves instead what you can always give them as a you know as a policy if they want a refund or you know in, in case of a cancellation you can tell them to reschedule their dates on to some other on to some other date because you've already paid for it you can still do some adjustments however try not 
handing over the entire cash to the client one month prior to the event because you want it, you don't want it, you will be under a soup combat. May I see clients, you know, canceling the event three days prior to the event, and of course. I understand catering like any other events business a lot of closures happen three four days prior to the event but if you're doing it much in advance and your your sector is more like on the on the lines of wedding uh, or you know doing a lot of a lot of corporate get-togethers try to have a very robust cancellation policy it really helps you and this step policy compensates for some part of the costs you know which you would have already absorbed onto your PL. so I hope with this you've got very good clarity i absolutely feel that i'll be doing a specific podcast specifically on how uh, your cancellation and refund policy can be more robust however please do try and include all these elements as part of your scope sheet it will really help you if you need a template of that please feel free to let me know over instagram or uh, linkedin i'd be more than happy to probably share that with you and if you have any queries besides that please feel free to reach out to me Signing out, I am Manveer Singh Anand, founder and CEO of Night Gourmet Services, an event hospitality expert, catering success evangelist and an author of a best-selling book, Catering Your Way to Financial Independence. See you in the next episode and any queries, please feel free to reach out to me. Thank you. Thank you so much.